what's up everyone this is a new episode of the fashion grunge pod i'm lauren hey lauren i'm charles <laughs> this is a really somber one because we're doing leaving las vegas from 1995 uh this is episode 152 so yeah, yeah we're knocking them down and this is really somber because we just were talking i was like this movie's really good my first time watching so i don't have much backstory on it but first time watching and i know that it, nicholas cage won his oscar for his lead mm-hmm. actor oscar for but i yeah i mean it's it's just like it's a lot i mean it's really good it's an incredible like emotional film it's just yeah it's really taxing to watch yeah so lauren what are you drinking <laughs> i'm drinking a water and a spindrift raspberry lime Oh, so are you actually drinking? I had wine earlier today. No, I'm just drinking. I'm just drinking reg- regular DC tap water. <laughs> oh so. shit, you're living large. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> you're living I'm, on the edge. I, I mean, I'd probably be better off just like you know, like you know, downing a fifth of vodka. But um, <laughs> you know. that is sparkling water, everyone. <laughs> that is not a beer. Although that would be kind of appropriate. I had a bunch of wine earlier today, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, no, I'm not going to drink while watching it. But just like we were talking about, I think 15 minutes in, I got so nauseous with all of the alcohol that he's constantly mm-hmm. drinking all the time. And then I thought of this as... it's It kind of is one of those films that it belongs in a category that's almost like... I don't know how many other times I would watch this movie. Just yeah. because it's like really, really upsetting and... Parts of it are not, but the overall arc of it is. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a very tragic story, and mm-hmm. there's like there's not like you know there's not like a happy ending. I mean, I, I, I suppose, I mean, I I mean, I, I, I sort of in, I don't know about you, I, I sort of interpreted Sarah's like like talking as her like kind of talking to a therapist or that's what which, I thought. That's what yeah, I wrote. Yeah. So I mean, I suppose she's. So I, I sort of interpreted that as like her trying to get help and get her life to, to, together. But I mean, it's just, it's rough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it definitely is rough and it, it's someone that he should have been going to a therapist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you can't make people get help. So no, just like him, like I, I don't love it, but I, I do love, I appreciate the honesty Mm-hmm. Of this kind of addiction, it's not like I want to say it. It's not done in like a, a done in a way that a lot of films about addictions are. I don't know how to describe it, but it's not done in like a slick way. Like you know how Train Spotting is still kind of slick. Yeah, no, this... and like so is Requiem for a Dream. Mm-hmm. Like there are there they do kind of show like I don't want to say a positive side, but they do show the like non tragic part there's a very small part of it but it's, that part of addiction you they're know? like both filmed in like very kind of stylish ways so mm-hmm. like you know it's um it sort of takes like a you know a excuse me like a tragic subject makes it almost like flashy i guess yeah I, not, it's I mean, true you know that's true this, though this is just like all doom and gloom from beginning to end there is no hope yeah <laughs> so. it's like and you just feel this sense of like you know what's gonna happen yeah like from the beginning and just the way he looks mm-hmm. like it's just like he looks really sickly or just like oh my gosh but i have to say that 
like this movie is one I might not watch again. A lot of films that I watch and have probably reviewed on here that we all do are, are things that a lot of people don't watch again. Like the uh, Larry Clark movie kids, like I own. So I've watched that multiple times, but a lot of people never want to watch it again. Requiem for a dream. Another one spun another one. Like mm-hmm. all of these movies that like, I really like people are like, I'm never watching that again. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's too much. It's like intense, but some I, things I really like. I I I I'd also put like for for me and I I'd I'd also put like mysterious skin in that category yeah, too. Yeah, a lot um, of people. Yeah, that's another one that I own that I love. I don't watch it a lot. I mean, I have to say I did it for the pod with Jai. I, I mean, I don't know. It was over a year ago, but I mean, I haven't watched it since then. It's not yeah. something that I watch a lot, mm-hmm. but it is an incredible film. I mean, it's a Rocky. No, it I just it love a Rocky. Most of Rocky movies, honestly, like even the Doom Generation, like the end of the Doom Generation is just like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which uh happy news, it's being restored on 4K. Oh. <laughs> so if you want to see it in 4K, which I'm definitely gonna buy. I think they're doing like Criterion. I think Nowhere is actually coming out too. Oh. Cool. So it's gonna be in like high def, which is gonna like probably like rock my world. God, I've uh, I've only seen Nowhere once and it was like in high school with at <gasps> your house, I think. <laughs> so, Fuck. Like... Okay, well, because I mean extra extra like news flash, I mean this is a little bit of like housekeeping, but A join me on Substack, fashiongrunge.com slash subst or fashiongrunge.substack.com. I'll put the link in the notes because I just started it. I'm attempting on doing a newsletter. I'm really bad at it, but this is kind of like a blog newsletter where I write about other things that I'm watching. Like I put little blurbs about like succession I had in the Mm. last one and like info on the podcast and just like random shit I'm watching and like memes and like a song. Yeah. So I'm, I might do it weekly. I might not. I have no idea. I've done two so far. So I have a list actually of things I wanted to talk about, but yeah, join me on that. Also sign up for the Patreon. We have cool shit going over there. I think someone's actually setting off fireworks because I just heard it. So yeah, it's not a too. bomb. It's not a bomb. It's a firework. So it's starting early. What do we have? Like a month? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks, three weeks, probably. Yeah. So if you hear like constant fucking booms, great. That means I can we not fucking record at night for like, yeah, <laughs> literally. Can we not record at night for like three months? Cause that is like really annoying or not even three months. Who knows how long? So, oh my God, if it keeps booming, I mean, is it super loud? I mean, you know, I think, it's, I think it's our fine. voices are fine. Yeah, they're fireworks. So, I think it adds a certain amount of atmosphere. Yeah, <laughs> so. right. I live in a city. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so join us on that and then Patreon and leave a review, five stars, yada, yada, do that whole thing. So, so yeah, I don't know what else I'm going to cover. We're going to have to do real world Boston soon. We have to lock a date for that. Um, I've locked a date for Buffy the Vampire Slayer we're doing in episode four episode chunks on Patreon. So season four, one through four of Buffy, we're going to do like later this month. And then the next movie after this we're doing on the pod is Billy's Hollywood Screen Kiss. Oh, nice. Um, So it's a really cute gay film. I I, I say that's a nice change of pace. Yeah, (laughs) we have to get a little bit. We just did Queer as Folk, the pilot, which is actually doing pretty well. So I hope a lot of people out there who haven't seen that show, like, give the pilot a try. It's a cool show from the 2000s. And then, yeah, Billy's Hollywood Screen Kiss has Sean Hayes. Mm -hmm. And this is insane. It actually sounds like gunshots. (laughs) <laughs> and i hear the like boom yeah you hear it? it's like Pum. yeah yeah literally someone just bought a bunch of fireworks and they're like shooting them off this is un- well whatever i mean hopefully no one cares that much i think yeah, our voices fine. are probably loud enough <laughs> that i think you won't hear it that much but yeah hopefully 
um so yeah so look forward to all that stuff and yeah i need to know about you and like when you first saw this and what your history is uh so everything i'm pretty sure i ran this from hollywood video when no I, was, I was about 15 and um i uh i watched it again and i i'm i watched it i will watch it and my first thought was that was good, but I never wanted to see that again. <laughs> so, yeah, and you were in high school. Yeah, yeah. that's rough. Yeah, that's pretty um, rough. But um, I was. Um, this was when I was at boarding school, so um, so this was sort of probably a uh, d- delightful uh, ch- change of pace for me. <laughs> so wow, that's that tells you a lot, folks. If anyone's been watch- listening to the pod for a while and you've been keeping up on Charles's boarding school stories, like that's pretty indicative of like where you were at the time when you were like watching this film. I was, I was like, yeah, dreaming yourself to death. I'm not gonna say no to it. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but you know, it's um, it's um, it's uh, it's it, 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 it's a movie I, I've always thought was done well. And, um, yeah, I it's think, shot really cool. I, I, th- I think that N- Nicolas Cage is, um, you know, fantastic in this movie, but I also think that, um, that, um, oh gosh, I'm blanking on her name now. Elizabeth Shue. Thank you. I, 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 th- I think she's spectacular too. Who's also in Mysterious Skin. She was Joseph Gordon-Levitt's mom. Yeah, she, um, and she also played, um, the, um, the, uh, person in the first season of The the boys yeah i was gonna say she was in the boys wasn't she the one that's with homelander yeah she yeah. was like homelander's mom or something and then on top of that she was in adventures and babysitting so like and the karate kid and the karate kid <laughs> she's kind of and cocktail and cocktail <laughs> with fucking tom cruise with he's throwing, tom a hissy cruise. Fit. He's throwing a hissy fit because he can't have imax screens for mission impossible because they're all going to be used during Oppenheimer. <laughs> i'm obsessed with petty tom cruise news like about like i just can imagine like just him fight him like being really upset and like calling up studios and just being like no this is not acceptable i'm tom cruise god damn I'm it tom cruise you know how much money i bring to the movie i saved the movies <laughs> last year god this is insanity can you hear it by your house yeah or no? well i i can hear or you no. hear mine yeah yeah <laughs> It's like they're literally outside. Like there's like a park near me. It's like, really? I thought we'd stopped. Okay, I mean, I'll stop talking about it. It's just like, yeah, it's just really annoying. But um, but yeah. So Tom Cruise is pissed about Oppenheimer. We're still doing the Barbie Oppenheimer feature, mm-hmm. double feature. So because they came out on the same day, so we're doing we're gonna do that, which is fun. I I told one of our other friends about it, and she was like, um, I might see Barbie, but I don't know about like a double feature. I was like. Well, we're going to eat in between. Yeah. But we're going to do it. It's fine. I mean, I watch TV for more than eight hours at a time anyway. So that's, I mean, what's the difference? Yeah. Really? What's I mean, at least you're doing this with with other people. Yeah. So. At least you also can share in my shame and I don't have to be like by myself doing it. But they're going to be great films. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's... I'm so well, excited for Barbie. Like, so for barbie like, i mean between that and like the little mermaid was it you who said that the gays are being fed this s- s- summer yeah like, I did. <laughs> that's because somebody said that like a few months ago oh. they were like oh bitch we are being fed and it was like cap because <laughs> yeah. it was like taylor swift's on tour beyonce's on tour barbie's coming out 
this uh you know like there's just a lot going on someone like listed all of these things in like march yeah. but they were like summer <laughs> is gonna be ridiculous and during pride month like it was really <laughs> funny it was super funny so i was like oh man um but yeah there's just so many there's so many things i'm excited about with uh with just nicholas cage i mean i love nicholas cage anyway as you know you can probably tell like we saw the unbearable weight of massive talent which we talked about in <laughs> I, some other episode i, I, I still maintain so that is the greatest movie i've ever seen my entire life i like, need to watch it again it's yeah. <laughs> like so funny with pedro pascal we saw in the theater it was so good and then it's it's funny because he he has so many characters but yet like i could see caster troy because Castor Troy was face off, his character yeah. face off. I could see the beginning of that character in because that came out two years later. So yeah, that's right. I can see like the beginning of some bits of like things he would do with his face, and there are bits where Castor Troy is like all fucked up, yeah, um, on drugs and things. So it just reminded me of of him, and also just the fact that I feel like aside from the drunk part that he's acting like, but he had to quote unquote research. I. Like a lot of the other mannerisms, like are very Nicolas Cage. <laughs> like, they are, <laughs> and he's such a like cool actor that he has his own like thing. Like he himself has his own thing. It's nothing that anyone can replicate. Yeah, um, like his own movements. Even that a lot of actors I don't think that are even really really good. Like I'm trying to think of a signature kind of like way that they act or like hold their face or something and mm -hmm. i can't think of someone more expressive than nicholas cage who can do anything like well, he does the weirdest movies well some of the, I, I don't know if this is the correct term for, for, a, for a movie like this but some of the physical comedy in this movie is just like it's just done so well like yeah. just like i don't know like and, and there's that scene when like he, um, him and Sarah are like on the escalator in the mall, and he somehow gets like turned around, mm -hmm. you know. And he, he like, you know, he, gives me hives. Yeah, I'm yeah. so dreadfully te like terrified of escalators, and him standing on the yeah, wrong I way, know, right? facing I'm, backwards. I was like, oh my god! I was like, oh god, what happens if you get a lace caught in the escalator? I know, yeah. <laughs> um, and the way he walks, like he's drunk anyway. So what yeah. if he like falls and like totally doesn't even know where he is? Um, and then there's um, there's also that scene where um, like. Uh, he and Sarah are at that hotel room and um, are at that hotel resort in the desert. Mm -hmm. Oh, and, in the desert, yeah. And, and he sort of gets up and kind of like drops into the pool. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He literally like steps yeah. off. Yeah, he's like he steps off a cliff the way yeah, it looks yeah. because he just like sinks into the pool. Also, the whole like the whole scene there, the whole choreography of him falling into this table, like yeah. the whole the whole thing was very much like a quote-unquote physical comedy kind of thing yeah 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 it reminded me that i really want to see raising arizona which oh, i believe good. he's in it's isn't really he in that good. yeah yeah it's not the cohen yeah i think so i think it's and it wasn't their first movie i think it was like one of the first it's like the early yeah it's like an early one i want to i want to see that and probably eventually review it but i do want to see it though it's on my list yeah, to watch it's good it's good cool um let's see any other like first impressions what are my uh oh this is kind of like this okay these are some of my notes about it this oh i forgot to mention okay directed by mike figgis uh this premiered october 27th 95 it ended up going wide in like february of 96 so it's probably in like new york and la in 95 okay um this is based on a novel by john o'brien which is semi-autobiographical and 
um, well, like a note about John O'Brien is that after the film was optioned or the book was optioned to make and be made into a film, he committed suicide like two weeks into production. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And oh, wow. Mike Figgis was like, he didn't really want to go on. Like he wanted to drop the project because of him, but then he thought it would be a really good memorial. Yeah. Like to actually go through with it. So he did, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and then I just like this movie really reminds me like overall uh, which I don't know how many people out there are like familiar with Woody Allen films, but the way that this was shot and it was shot on 16 instead of 35, which is more common for like feature films, like the motion picture stock. Mm-hmm. So 16 is a smaller camera and like, it's a lot less invasive than a 35 to use a 35. And it's like, it just the way that there were some of the B roll uh, shots of Las Vegas reminded me of the way like Woody Allen shoots New York. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a very like romanticized, but also sad. Mm-hmm. And then you also had the jazz music, like the saxophone in the back, which like really added to a different type of Vegas that yeah, you don't it, um, always see. Um, It sort of reminded me of like taxi driver too. Yeah. Like just like totally. the, shots of the city itself. Mm hmm. And it's, and it's also, yeah, I just, I really like that aspect of it. Like outside of the sadness of it, I like the way it showed Vegas. Yeah. And it didn't show it in the way that you usually see it with like fear and loathing or like you always see it in a kind of like, or like the hangover. Yeah. It's always you always like, see it, you know. It's always big and loud and flashy. You know? Yeah. And crazy. Yeah. And this was like the seedy part of Vegas, but it was done in like a romantic, like a ro- tragically like romantic way, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of weird. Um, but it was cool. I really, I really like that aspect. And then also I have to say that Mike Figgis directed Internal Affairs, another erotic thriller on my list with Richard Gere. Oh yeah, um, that's good. Yeah, I want to see that. And then he also did one Sopranos episode, which I thought was kind of funny. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, which is really cool. And then another interesting fact is Julian Sands, who's the only other actor like credited. It's basically like these three actors. Also Olivia Benson, um, AKA Mariska Hargitay is the prostitute that he brings back to the room oh she's olivia right, benson right. On okay SVU. okay <laughs> <laughs> so for all the svu heads out there yeah um olivia's there which is really cool that i'm glad that she got more than like you saw her like across the bar at one time yeah looking at sarah because they're like both i think know each other because they're both in like the same line of work but then later on you like actually see her and she like comes out of the room right right okay. um yeah and i was like oh cool but so that was interesting but julian sands who plays yuri who's sarah's pimp is actually um really famous british actor he's been missing since january oh really like, in real life yeah and he's been missing in the woods in los angeles and he took a hike um and they think they know what path he was on but they did a lot of searching and looking for him and then there was like this historic snowfall in the mountains oh, wow. outside of la this past uh winter which means that they um they couldn't look for a long time and he still hasn't been found oh god so yes it's like really horrible so that was he's been missing since january 18th of this year and they said that like he was an experienced climber and like this is something that he did it wasn't like yeah weird that he was out there it might have just probably just a tragic accident yeah um, but oh. yeah, it's, it's really sad. That's really sad about that. Um, okay, well, let's move on to behind the scenes. Sure. Um, that was like a weird segue, but sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, did you find out anything? Uh, Lauren, are you a mall cop? Because I believe that was a segue. <laughs> <laughs> 
Have you seen that movie? No. With Kevin James? No. I haven't either, but I just know there's a movie called Mall Cop. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he does ride around on a Segway. What happened um, to Segways? I don't think they're very popular anymore. <laughs> so. I think people downtown still like do tours with them. Yeah, I, yeah, I know they used to meet outside of the FBI building. Um, oh yeah they do and then like someone does like a tour like a it's so cheesy so it's like so fucking (laughs) cheesy so on rotten tomatoes critics this has a critic score of 91 percent seems about right it has an audience score of 85 percent people are sheep and stupid yeah (laughs) so this movie was nominated for four oscars uh best director best actor in the leading role best actress in a leading role and best adapted screenplay was not nominated for best picture wow um this was um this is the year that like braveheart was nominated oh and, jesus like, apollo 13 <laughs> and, what won best picture uh Bra- braveheart oh um, did mel gibson win best director yes motherfucker yes, i know right motherfucker <laughs> so really um so oh, um God. i mean i guess i guess ba- i guess back then he wasn't a right wing right wing nut christian asshole yeah so Edward's like oh my god he's such a good director um anyway or maybe he was <laughs> and we just didn't know because we didn't have the internet that's true that's <laughs> like true. everything was so controlled we were really living in these like silos yeah and everything was so i'm just trying to think of now like it's crazy how we lived in like such a different world where when we talk about movies and stuff with now we find out like the truth or like we find out this weird crazy shit about people i this is a plug for beyond the blinds i just listened to the danny (laughs) masterson episode and it's like insane really and it's way worse than i even thought like you know allegedly but um but yeah like we didn't know like you know what i mean like we how could we have known when there was no like kind of independent media before the internet yeah so like you're just reading 17 magazine or like whatever the hell people magazine all that stuff is like edited and they only tell you what they want to tell you page six may have some scandalous like who was making out with who but like all in all not really yeah so yeah it's kind of nuts it's like super nuts that now all this like shit's coming out and um trials and shit but yeah anyway go yeah on. i i cannot believe he got convicted like yeah I mean, it's just dude. like it's like finally i um, know and the fact that he's married to bg phillips is like a whole other can of worms oh god I know. yeah it's weird um so other actors nominated for um with nicholas cage and best leading actor were anthony hopkins for nixon Massimo Troisi for The Postman. This was a posthumous nomination. Uh, Il Postino. Il Postino. Is that one? Il Postino, yeah. yeah. um, This is a movie I've not seen. Everyone keeps saying it's like really good. Um, Yeah, I've heard the same. uh, Richard Dreyfuss for Mr. Holland's Opus. Is Um, he kind of weird now? What is it? What's up with Richard? No, is Richard Dreyfuss kind of weird now? I don't think so. He's just kind of old. Oh, okay. I don't know why Um, I thought... Something I know that um I, I know that he won his Oscar for the the Goodbye Girl, which is the same year that Annie Hall came out. And oh, that uh he um I think he holds the record for the shortest actor to win because he's like five foot four and a half. So. <laughs> he holds the record. <laughs> yeah. That's um, funny. And then the final nominee was uh Sean Penn for Dead Man Walking. Oh, um Sean Penn. And then God. uh. And the uh, the other nominees with um, Elizabeth Shue and Best Leading Actress were 
um, Emma Thompson for Sense and Sensibility. Um, <laughs> Wait, who won the leading actor? Was it Mel Gibson? For lead? Yeah. No. Oh, that's right. Just kidding. It's Nick Cage. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Okay, I blanked. All right. Yeah, sorry. Sense and Sensibility. <laughs> and then uh, and then Meryl Streep for The Bridges of Madison County. Sharon Stone for Casino. And they oh. all lost to Susan Sarandon for Dead Man Walking. Motherfucker for Dead Man Walking. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm sorry. Sharon Stone fucking deserved it. She was so good in Casino. I mean, Susan, I seen the others, Susan but... Sarandon was was pretty good in Dead Man Walking. Like, yeah. I mean, actually, no. Have I seen? I think I've seen parts of that movie. I remember Sean Penn being pretty good. I mean, it was a pretty good movie, though. Yeah. Just uh, yeah, it's kind of hard competition in the '90s. That's why we we did the Oscars. Check out Patreon for the full episode. There's a preview yes. some we, some months back. We um, I'm pretty sure I got rid of like all these people um anyway i think i did yeah <laughs> all right well i hadn't seen leaving las vegas to be fair yeah. so i kind of redid it in things that i'd actually seen yeah i think um but uh, yeah so that's all, all all that i had for behind the scenes oh behind the scenes oh yeah. okay cool i thought we were gonna have like a whole lot of the same stuff um okay so you did the rotten tomatoes letterbox gives us a 3.7 out of 5 on my letterbox account hint hint go check it out i gave it three and a half stars out of five so it's pretty close oh, nice um imdb 7.5 out of 10 which i thought was kind of low uh the budget of this was 3.5 million to 4 million so around there and it made 49.8 at the box office oh wow so it actually did like pretty well um so there was a recent podcast that was done um i want to say in like 2021 or like 2020 and it was with the director and he said that neither him nor nick cage got paid for this film Oh, really? And they were supposed to get $100,000. Yeah, they said the studio like owes them this money. They're not bitter about it, but they still technically have not gotten paid for this film, um, which is kind of crazy. Uh, in order to prepare for this role, Nick Cage like went to Dublin for two weeks and binge drank <laughs> and had his cousin with him film him so he could study his speech patterns. Interesting. Yeah, so that I find really interesting. I mean, um, I mean he like has the speech down. Like It's not like... It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like very natural you know yeah i was gonna say for that to be acted and not actual Mm -hmm. it definitely is supernatural yeah it's really cool um another interesting point was that throughout the entire film ben the uh, his character nick cage's character does not eat anything even at one point he has he's at dinner with uh sarah but he has spaghetti on his fork but he doesn't actually eat it Oh, interesting. Like he turns the fork, he turns the spaghetti in the fork and then holds it up, but he doesn't actually eat it. And they did that because they wanted to show like how in reality, when you're at this level of alcoholism, like you sometimes you can't even keep food down. Yeah. Like you're just, it's your body is so dependent on alcohol and you can see too that um, the DTs and like shakes that he gets mm-hmm. that are like so, so bad. Oh God. That, that like scene oh, in the intro. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that's oh. just like so hard to watch. But. Yeah. I had a friend that I worked with in my like mid to late, mid to late twenties that like we ended up becoming friends outside of work, but she was like a, a functioning alcoholic for a lot of a lot a good part of like the beginning of our friendship Mm -hmm. and she would like drink six packs after work she was like drunk at work but and she like kind of always smelled like booze and like she um had dts like she she would get the shakes oh wow and like she yeah it was really bad thankfully she got sober and like got you know help and she like ended up being like running marathons and stuff which really like snapped 
like snapped it out of her oh nice. but yeah but it was like it was really crazy i'd never seen someone like around like our age be like this dependent on alcohol to the point where like they're drinking and they don't seem drunk like if mm-hmm. i drink because i don't drink a lot like not like that if i drink to get wasted i'm like crazy like, you can tell yeah you know I'm, I'm acting like very differently than how i would in real life but i guess when you become like a quote functioning is what kind of what people say is like mm-hmm. it becomes like your life that you're able to like work and do all these things and even him he's like fucking driving yeah he's I, literally driving with like a bottle of vodka. i do i do love that scene when he's like drinking drinking the bottle of vodka and like the cop is on the <laughs> motorcycle next to him yeah. <laughs> like, and then he like puts it down yeah and then as soon and then he like looks over and as soon as the cop drives away he like pulls it out and he has this yeah. massive thing of vodka. I was like, but he drove all the way from LA to Vegas like shit faced. Yeah, yeah. Like he ha- he kind of had to. It's like he wouldn't even be able to operate a car if he had like the shakes that bad. Yeah, I know. It's really insane. Like just physiologically, it's really insane. Like how that works, how that like plays into everything. It's just kind of crazy. Um. Okay. So. Another thing which is really crazy is the director said that Nicolas Cage was like so emotionally in- and also financially invested in this project that he like kind of funded the pre-production and like got a bungalow at the Chateau Marmont and just kind of was like, hey, everyone drink like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so that um, so that's kind of what happened in order to like get involved and in everything, um, which is kind of crazy. And then a lot of the, sh- the shots on the strip, like in the film, they couldn't get permits for. So a lot of them were like one and two takes. And because they're done with the 16, they're like, they have this like quiet sense about it. Like when you Mm. see them interact on the strip, it's, I feel like it really adds to the way this was shot. I think, I think that I thought this movie was based on the trailer or like what I knew about it before I was watching it. I didn't know it was like so art house. Yeah. That it was shot in a very art housey way. I think I thought it was way more like commercial I just think I never knew that that's what this film was. I'm like really excited that mm-hmm. I've, I saw it because I had all these different like thoughts about it before I'd actually seen it. And it's been on my list for a while. Um, let's see. That's basically all I have for behind the scenes. There are a few notes that people can dig up. Um, Mike Figgis has done some interviews recently just about like his career. And, and he mentions leaving Las Vegas. So oh, nice. there's more info if people want to look it up. Cool. Cool. All right. So let's move to fashion. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Laura Goldsmith. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, what did you think about the fashion here? I thought it was done pretty, pretty, pretty well. Um, like, I um, love, you know, you know, I, I love how Vegas is, you know, a lot of the clothes people wear in Vegas are like really loud and garish and, you know, <laughs> like kind of, you know, like over the motherfucking top. But totally um, over the motherfucking top. <laughs> um, you know, I um really, I really liked all Ben's like crumpled, like you know, like work suits. You know. Yeah, I love how they're all like disheveled. Yeah. <laughs> um. Wrinkled, fucked up. Yeah. Um. I um I'm trying to think. Um I love the outfit that Sarah is wearing the night they first meet. Um it's oh, the like, silver? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, it's really cool. And um I don't know if this is sort of a weird comparison to make, but the character Sarah sort of reminds me of a, of the li- li- little girl in the crow. Oh yeah. Like is that weird? Sarah. Yeah. No, she okay. totally does. Okay. The little girl in the crow, she was like, oh my god, she was like one of my inspirations. 
Yeah. When I saw yeah. that movie, I was like, I want to be her. I want to have a ghost friend. <laughs> like, yeah. I literally want to be Eric Draven's friend, but also uh, other things too, because he's super fucking hot. And he's like out protecting you and everything. And like, you were like this surrogate, like, member of their family it was just like such a heartbreaking story yeah especially with brandon lee and everything but yeah totally i mean she has like a hoodie and she has like fishnets on she's a little more grungy in the crow that's right than, than elizabeth shoe but i totally can see like that vibe though um i um okay so i also love the scene when um ben is like passed out at like sarah's front gate and oh, then yeah. she like comes home and like the the landlady and her husband are like freaking out Lori Metcalf. yeah and <laughs> I, I what she is wearing i think is like amazing like yeah, i love those like old lady 80s 90s like house outfits that are very like 70s yeah <laughs> with like the robe and like a visor and like slip in mules that look like barbie shoes yeah <laughs> they're really funny um i'm trying to think um and then there's, of... there's like that later scene when <laughs> it's, it's it's a scene when um when like ben comes home after he's just been in like the bar fight and he's like walking past Lori metcalf and like she's sort of leaning over and um she's he's just like sexy sexy <laughs> yeah. and he has like blood all over his like, yeah. face and yeah. shirt yeah and um i just like her outfit in that scene just looks so comfortable and just like mm-hmm. so i don't know it, and, and you know vegas is like 137 100 degrees so it just it just looks like really like light and comfortable and like airy and, and just, then like freezing at night it's like yeah. truly hell yeah <laughs> it's, it's like really nuts it's so fucking nuts um but i think that's the all that i wrote down what about you oh cool okay well for ben i have just like i said i love his like disheveled kind of like 80s suits with like pretty like pronounced shoulders Mm -hmm. almost like shoulder pads i think are kind of cool i love that red shirt that she gets him it's just like so loud when he like wears it in the casino and everything i also like his sunglasses that he keeps throughout Mm -hmm. they're like black with a really interesting like shape but then they have um gold like a really gold thin rim and then there's also like it's also invisible on the bottom and the rim is just on the top i I love sunglasses so those really stood out to me they were really cool um okay with sarah i love just like you said her first outfit i love that she at one point has this like tight vinyl skirt Mm. um she wears those a lot she has a red one too i love that she has like a ribbon choker necklace with a cross on it yeah 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 i like that it's like the ribbon that's super 90s she wears a lot of like corsets on the top and then she has that red vinyl skirt Mm -hmm. she wears a lot of like the red vinyl and then she has like the heels and she has like a cropped leather jacket on yeah at one point then she has like leather like skirt like her outfits are really cool yeah i mean they don't scream like prostitute well not now because like shit how would you even identify like a prostitute now like what was the what would the fashion be because i just fashion's just so different now it's like yeah, i wonder I mean, what you what like you would wear i mean i feel like if this were melrose place like um you know like because i think there actually was a storyline where <laughs> josie oh, no <laughs> there actually was a storyline where josie besets troubled younger sister sydney comes to town and yes and things go go wrong and she ends up kind of becoming a high class call girl and like whenever she'd be working the streets you see her in like a 
tank top and like you know knee high boots you know that yeah it's always up. the thigh highs yeah, yeah. <laughs> like always like why and you know she'd always be wearing a dangerous color like red you know yeah or, you know, as you know you know as as as, as piper Lorian and carrie used to say i should have known it'd be red <laughs> so, <laughs> um it's also kind of crazy too that like they they would think that she would be dressed like a prostitute on Marlboro's place, but like Kelly Bundy looked amazing on Married know, with right? Children. <laughs> she had the most amazing. I have to say, she's an unsung fashion icon. Oh my god, K- Kelly Bundy's incredible. She's <laughs> so good. We also have to do Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's still I, a lot of a lot know, of good movies we have to do. You know, as an as a, as a kid, I really um I love that movie just because it was I it was just a fun like kids go wild with no supervision movie but like as an adult i really heavily relate to the work side of that movie of just like yelling, know. you know just like being in the office trying to meet a deadline and like you know rose rose coming in and just, just being like i'm right on top of that rose you know? literally like, i know it's like you relate to like so many different movies like right now you're more like sympathetic to Cher's dad and clueless where he's just like this lawyer that has to make a fuck ton of money in order to support this like crazy life lifestyle yeah. that he has that he's doing like deposition phone calls in like the middle of the night while shares like hey there, daddy there's this there's this great scene don't tell mom the babysitter's dead when like um joanne joanna cassidy's boyfriend has been like heavily hitting on um on christina applegate and um then and like um and like uh and, and like you know um rose and her boyfriend go away for the weekend and they come back and um you know and swellen's like so how is santa barbara and rose is like swellen swellen have you ever had a 48 hour orgasm and <laughs> and um and like christina applegate's response is i've never been to santa barbara <laughs> so you heard it. You heard it here for uh, here, folks. Uh, the next movie that we're doing together is "Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead." So yeah, well, that'll be out soon because <laughs> yeah, we haven't done it in so long. I mean, not so long. It's been on the list. Yeah, uh, that one and Serial Mom. Oh my god, uh, is another one that I'm really oh looking forward to doing. Oh my god, is this the cocksucker residence? It's just like I'm really excited. Is this four two one five pussy away? <laughs> let, let me check that zip code two one two. Fuck you. <laughs> god, good old John Waters. <laughs> good old John Waters. Um, okay, so yeah, back to uh, Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, I also her red dress that she's wearing when they actually go to like dinner. Oh, oh I think yeah, they're going I, to I, dinner on the strip. I wrote very Pam Anderson, Anna Nicole. Yeah, style like very like vixen red. Mm-hmm. I, I liked that '90s type red dress. It was very yeah. Cool. No, yeah, it was good. Um, I mean, I also, I, I mean, um, I, I, I guess it's supposed to like suggest that she's a certain type of girl, but I actually <laughs> like really like the dress itself. I thought it was fine. Yeah, <laughs> which is really weird because this is so kind of tame. Like, why would people yeah. assume she's like a prostitute? But I guess. I don't and know. Like I, that gang rapes uh, scene too. I really could have done without. Oh, oh. I mean, the, oh it, Jesus. It, it, initial scene is like it's like hard to watch, but it's you know it's like fine. But it's like all the subsequent flashbacks are yeah, like, so flash- awful. Yeah, right? I didn't realize there were going to be flashbacks mm-hmm. because I, I thankfully I was really happy that there was like a fade to dark. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I was like, oh, thank God. I was like, all right, uh, not all right, but I was like, oh God, thank God they didn't make us watch that. And then I was like, no. 
Yeah. Then there was like the flashbacks. And I was like, oh my God, it's so much like worse. Yeah. Than yeah. like you like thought it was. I was like, oh my God. I felt that way about Showgirls. The There's like a. Showgirls is uh, one movie I've, I've not really seen. Oh, so... Jesus. There's um, like a really intense uh, like rape scene that I oh, really yeah I was not expecting and like I felt I felt personally did not need to be that bad yeah in the film like I think it could have been done in a different way um, I just felt kind of yeah it was like really upsetting but also a man directed it you know what I mean like there's certain things that just kind of I don't know that that are just different because of who is on the project sure um, also he is the one who did basically insane to essentially like fucked over Sharon Stone so fuck right, that guy. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's another one that, but in this one, yeah, at first I thought it was going to be a more tame scene that still got the point across, but then I saw that it was, I mean, I mean, I guess you have to know exactly how bad it was because I guess you didn't know how bad it was, but it was, yeah, it was worse than I think I anticipated. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. Do you have any more fashion notes? I don't think so. Um, okay, cool. Well, let's move on to Muzak. Um, this is, um, probably a dumb question, but for some reason I thought the Cheryl Crow song Leaving Las Vegas would be in this movie. (laughs) I know, well, I actually wrote this down, was that Cheryl Crow's song Leaving Las Vegas was released in 1993 on her debut album, Tuesday Night Music Club, Mm -hmm. which, and I first, I was just like, wait, did she do this because of it? But she did it because of the book. Because one of the songwriters was really good friends with John O'Brien, the author. Oh, okay. So it wasn't because of the movie, because this movie came out two years later. Right, okay. So it could have easily been in this movie, but yeah, but yeah another thing for people to uh, to go listen to. I'm going to add this clip, because I'm going to do... I might do the, the new Substacks on, I don't know, Wednesday or Thursday. What day do you think people like emails? I'm adding your email I... to the list, by the way. Everyone who's my friend who I have their email, in case they're listening, I'm adding your fucking shit okay cool you're going to listen to me ramble on the internet um i'm gonna add this to the podcast little thing like the clip of the song to the entry nice um yeah do you think wednesday or thursday what day would you want to read my little newsletter i'd say wednesday it's a good middle of the week okay cool new episodes on tuesday of the pod which most people probably know that and then wednesday is when the sub stack will go out. I mean, do people want to schedule for Patreon? I just kind of release them whenever. Yeah. But maybe people will want them. And okay, so also for us coming up on Patreon, we are doing Rebecca. Is yes. the next backtrack we're doing. And then maybe after that is when we're going to do Real World Boston. Okay. Um, so we'll do a movie first because that's just way like easier to do. Yeah. And it gives me more time to watch. Probably like next month we'll do Real World Boston because I have to watch the episodes. Yeah. And like take some notes because I want to I want to really like hone in on like the relationship drama that happened in Boston. Oh, like, yeah, it's um, Timber, Jason, yeah, Walter, it's... Elka, Baj in Montana. <coughs> Fuck. Um, you know, it's a lot. Also, I'd say the sort of the whole, I don't know what you would call it, but the whole relation between Camila and Montana is really fascinating to me. Just yeah, because like I mean, Camila is like such a big personality but so is montana and they're mm-hmm. literally like two like rats trapped in a cage like i mean they are like i mean they i mean they're both like i no, i mean like i think if you put a one I, I, either one on a different season they'd be like the quote-unquote star but I oh mean, yeah you know like no i mean they are like um i, I just watched that in the relationship it's like really st- stuck out to me just because it's just like so contentious and it's like fascinating yeah but, it is like 
I also like Camila's uh, contentious relationship with Cyrus sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> too. It's just like really funny. Like I kind of like it. And then also I just like how all the guys get along. And I, I love like Genesis and Jason's relationship. Yeah, I do too. There's just so many really great like things that happen in Boston. Like great as in like great TV. Like Montana giving that kid wine. <laughs> yeah. And their fucking like job. She, like, gives this kid wine in an after-school program. And then I think at one point, they're, like, overnight with the kids, and, like, two of them, like, disappear all night. Yeah. <laughs> like, hooking up with, like, some college girl or whatever. It's, like, two of the guys are hooking up with, like, some college girl. And then they, like, come back, and, like, the, they're supposed to be, like, with kids. They're supposed to be, like, watching the kids. But, like, I think it was, like, Sean and, yeah, like, someone else. I, I think it was, like, either Sean, Cyrus, or Montana. Like, like one, two of those three. Yeah, and they, like, just were off. Like, Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. I mean, I think some of the Real World Boston is actually on YouTube, so if people want to start Mm. watching that now. But, yeah, people voted because I did this or Hawaii. Like, it was which one did they want for us to do a deep dive on. So we also, I'm going to deep dive on, like, where are they now? Yeah. So I have to do that. So I have some, like, kind of research to do. But that will be out soon. I guess I'll I'll put dates out when I, like, actually find out, like, when we're going to record and stuff. Nice. But yeah, that's a little uh, addendum. So yeah, music. What did you get for music? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I didn't. There were. Um, I didn't write any like um particular song downs because none of them really stuck out to me. But I really like that they're all just kind of like these like Vegas style crooners, you know, mm-hmm. you know, just like you know Sinatra and you know, like you know Sting and and you know like that guy and you know. <laughs> yeah. Sting was really oh odd choice that it was angel eyes. I, I thought it was gonna be like a little different. Yeah. But it was kind of <laughs> interesting that I, I shazammed it and I was like, Sting. Yeah, I was like, really? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh okay. Get it. Get that money, Sting. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, it was like super interesting. I was like, hmm, that's weird. Um I have well I had two just one other song was Michael McDonald's Lonely Teardrops, which you hear Oh like, yeah, like I, throughout the the movie too. But the a lot of the music was actually done by director Mike Figgis. Oh, interesting. Yeah, which I thought was really cool. I like. I just read a lot. I like a lot of the jazz music. Like it really helps with the mood. Very much like the score of Taxi Driver, mm. and also the score of like Annie Hall. Yeah, Annie Hall had some cool score, and it also I love. I just like love the end of Annie Hall where it's like uh, Diane Keaton singing. Yeah, no, that like real. feels like old times. Like oh, we have God. to do. I love that movie too. so much. <laughs> Me too. Like I, and I mean, and I. It's just. It's yeah. I mean, it's it's like a classic film. Yeah, like it really is. Diane Keaton is like, oh, <laughs> she's like so good. Oh, I mean, God, they both are. Like her, all outfits. of her fucking outfits. <laughs> Even when she moves to LA. Yeah. And then you see she has this like boho, like cool style. She has like a Porsche. Oh, I love it. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. So good. We're gonna have to do that for a backtrack, for sure. I mean, she like changed how women dressed. Yeah, I, know. I think a lot of it was Diane Keaton's. Yeah. No, I think so too. Yeah, I think it's, like, her. Like, she herself, that's just, like, her vibe, which is even cooler. Love it. And love her in the First Wives Club. You know, I, um, <laughs> I, I, like, read this really cool thing that her birth name is Diane Hall. So, oh. like, Annie Hall is basically about her and Woody Allen's relationship. It's just everyone, I think, you, you know, like, you know, I think, I think everyone used to, like, call her Annie. So, oh, I mean, wow. it's, 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 like, it's, a, like, a very autobiographical movie, too. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it works. Yeah. I mean, that's literally why it works, is because it's such a... 
It is so true. And it's not like a story you have to come up with. Same with like the last like what 10 minutes of husband and wives when it's like yeah. Mia Farrow and like Woody Allen like getting divorced. You're just yeah. like, is, yeah. does someone realize like the camera's running back here? Like if, if yeah. anyone watch has watched that film, like it's really wild how like the last like 15 minutes you're like actually watching the dissolution of a marriage yeah I know. like on film i i um, feel the same way about by the sea that angelina brad pitt film you're just like is the, yeah. everyone in the room yeah. here like we're all in the room here <laughs> filming this okay this is what you want to do this is what you wrote this is what you're directing like if that's not a giant like hi we're not happy <laughs> yeah. i've literally written and directed a film about how we are we are broken down. Like yeah. we are not who you think we are, you know? Um, I, um, um, as, as a side note to husbands and wives, I'm also obsessed with, uh, with Judy Davis in that movie as well. When she goes over to that guy's house. Fucking men. Don't defend your sex. I know. John Juan, they should have cut his fucking dick off. Oh my God. It's like so, so good. He's like, no, I should go. Like, I, I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I should go in like another room. So funny. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have. I had the okay. the Cheryl Crow cl- uh, info there. Yeah, I just I really like the kind of jazzy undertones that it has. I yeah, think that's kind of cool. Sweet. All right. Well, our last chunk is favorite scenes and lines. I don't have any favorites. I just have notes about things that happen. Yeah, I, this. I mean, this. Um, I mean, I, there are scenes that stuck out to me, but I can't say, you know, these are like m- moments I think about, you know, when I'm like trying to comfort myself. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Um, but um, I um, I have my very first note is the quote that I'm probably gonna name this episode is when he's very in the beginning where he's in the bar and it's he's drinking and he's like he buys the drink for that woman that woman is tom cruise's girlfriend in rain man oh really yeah mm-hmm. and i don't know her name but i just knew her when i saw her i was like oh my god that's the girl in rain man oh. but like he he buys her a drink and then they like cheers and he goes let's do it to it <laughs> and i was like that sounds like nicholas cage like yeah. I, I i feel like that's what he probably says in a bar and I want to be in a bar drinking with Nicolas Cage more than like a lot of things. Like, I feel like that would be a legendary experience. <laughs> I think so. Like, I think I would hear some crazy shit. Yeah. I'd be like, is it true that you bought a dinosaur skeleton <laughs> yeah. for like $250,000? I want to ask him like all these weird things. Like, is it true this? Are you really like the largest Elvis memorabilia like collector? I think he is. I think wow. he like has a lot of Elvis memorabilia. Just kind of crazy. That's insane. Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I love that. Let's do it. To it. <laughs> um. So I. Um. So I. Th- um. The scene where he gets like formally fired. Oh really yeah. St- st- stuck out to me just because, you know, you can tell he's like just like I love the type type of drunk he is. He's just like he's he's like a teddy bear for the most part. Yeah, but you know he's just like you know. He, um, I love how he just like starts crying on a dime and he just starts like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry," you know. And um, oh, no. um, so yeah, there's that. Um, <laughs> it's just so awful because it's like, it's like he can't help it, but then it's like he doesn't want to. Yeah, like you, he sees that like he's already lost his family, mm-hmm. so it's like what what would motivate if that didn't stop you 
like you have children and like a family and if you if this was really like what you're were happy with in your life like if that wasn't enough for you to stop it's like and now you're losing your job and then yeah. they give him like this big severance yeah i know and it's just like where do you think that's going like yeah i was gonna say you know why you fired him it's like firing someone for like doing heroin they're like here's your severance here's yeah. five grand and you're like well shit bye yeah like what the fuck I guess legally you have to, but it's just, yeah. The fact that it was a lot too, that he was like, wow, this is really generous. Yeah. And they were like, well, I was like, well, what? <laughs> You're like telling, daring him to kill himself. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Um, oh, so I really like this montage of him, like cleaning out his house. And so he's like, <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, it's like how he's just like, burn it, burn it all. Um, I also just wrote a real estate note that that apartment he's leaving is pretty amazing. <laughs> it's, it was a really nice apartment. Like, yeah, he was like walking through rooms and he had like really nice like courtyard kind of thing. I, I was mean, like, okay, let's I, look at this apartment. I mean, I think it was a house because he had the you know, enough room in the back to like burn burn things. Yeah, so, um, maybe it was. It was really cool. Um, he wasn't I, doing that bad. <laughs> I um also um this is a little later in the movie, but I love the scene where um again where Sarah comes home and he's like passed out in front of her gate and like the landlady's like um I don't know what to do um and um you know and she you know she's like hey Ben it's time to get up and then she um like introduces him to to her, her landlady and then he like shakes her hand and says outstanding sir. It's <laughs> 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 so funny. Um, oh, and I had a question. Um, the seamer, she gives him a flask. How do they work? Like, what do you mean? How do you get the alcohol into the flask? You have to pour it in there. Like, how? What do you mean? Like, you have to pour it. You can get a funnel. Most people have funnels. Like, uh, you can get a funnel that's small enough to fit in that tiny thing? I think so. I think at, really? like, a liquor store. Yeah, I think at, like, a liquor store, you probably can get a funnel. Oh, okay. Because they have those little, you know how, like, they have those spouts on, like, the liquor bottles when you're at like a bar yeah because they just turn it and it just pours out like you if you are like had those in your house you could just put a spout on your bottle and then just it's really small that little tube is really small Mm -hmm. you could pour it in there or you could just like pour it i think it's like a flask is more like it's more like permanent you know what i mean like if you're just buying a fifth at the liquor store you're gonna drink it in the paper bag yeah. Like if you're just trying to drink it right now. But if you're home, like if you have a flask, you know, normally you would assume that you're filling that at home with like probably something you really like. Right. Like it's something that you really like. So you may even have one of those spouts. I don't think they're that expensive to get. You can oh, probably okay. just get one and just probably fill it that way. I don't know. I mean, that's what I would do. Interesting. I've had a flask, but there's never been anything in them because also I know you can't keep alcohol in them for like more than a couple days days oh really okay i don't know out there anyone out there who like has operated a flask like <laughs> i mean like uses one i don't know there is i think a limit and it depends on like what it like what kind of metal or whatever's like inside it you know what i mean like you can get like a nice flask okay and then they have those women's ones that are like on the garters oh yeah yeah you know they're like tiny like really really small ones um but yeah i think it's like something like two or three days i don't think you can keep it in there like forever okay yeah interesting I have no idea though. Okay, <laughs> just guessing. <laughs> totally just guessing. I have no idea. Um, what about you? 
Um, let's see. I I also really like the montage where he's drinking the vodka like in the car and then goes to the strip club and then the prostitute. Mm-hmm. Like it's all like this the way that it's shot and it's like this really cool sequence. I like that. Um, the whole scene where he's trying to cash that check at the bank. Oh yeah. And he has like DTs and it's just like so bad. And then he's like, okay, I'll be back. And like goes and gets like fucking shit faced. Mm-hmm. Just gets super drunk and then just like comes back. It's just like, oh god. And then that's when he like lets gets let go from his job. Yeah. And then yeah, that whole thing. And then he's like, I'm gonna go. I'm moving to Vegas. Like essentially, like what the fuck? Like yeah. you want to move to a more depressing place than being like an out of work drunk actor in L.A. Like. Yeah. <laughs> You really can't get much worse than, like, moving to Vegas. Where, like, it's, like, you're not moving there in, like, a, in like a positive sense, even though I don't know how that could happen. But, I mean, just moving there in, like, a sad sense where, like, well, there's, it's, like, Sin City and I can drink all day and night. I know. And why not just gamble my money away and, like, drink myself out of my misery, which is just so sad. And, um, think of all, and think of all the shows you could see too like <laughs> i know think of the shopping i mean was it like that then in like the mid 90s i feel like it was still in its seedy era yeah i did think so too because it was like toward the mid 2000s when like celine dion started having her show there which i've heard is like legendary um <laughs> like, let's face it it was the real world las vegas that like revived las vegas basically <laughs> it was at the palms and people all like wanted to go there and they saw how like cool it was even though the palms is not on the strip for anyone yeah <laughs> who goes to vegas i went to vegas and i was like wait i want to go to the palms and they're like okay the palms isn't even on the strip and i was like where is it and they're like way over there literally like way over there like when you're on the strip you can like see it but it's like super far but on the show they made it they did all this like helicopter angles and shit that they made it look like it was like right outside the strip you can't even like you could walk to it but you wouldn't want to yeah it's like it's like one of those walks like you don't want to (laughs) vegas is is weird man it's like a weird it's like kind of like an adult like disneyland yeah but like there are kids around and there's so much sketchy shit going on at the same time but then it also has this weird facade where you see like people on their lunch break and you're like wow people work here yeah because yeah. it feels so like foreign just like a weird place that doesn't exist anywhere else so you're like wow people are like drinking in the street like in the open is what tripped me out where i was like ordering a drink and then i didn't finish it and the bartender's like you can leave you can like go to the next place with it and i was like no no i have to finish it he's like take it leave <laughs> i was like i could take it on the street he's like yes go and i I've, was like okay I've, so the closest i've come to actually being in vegas was um a, like a few years ago i was flying out to portland to vi- visit my old, older brother and i had mm-hmm. a very short layover in vegas at the airport and um it um i have to say i was impressed the smoking lounges <laughs> were super clean and oh, they yeah. had the slot machines going and i know um, like it i was like they got you they got you right in the airport they had the slot machines and i was like oh thank god i only have like a my layover is so tight because i literally had time for a cigarette and then it was time to board so oh wow yeah. oh, you're like super tight yeah yeah, Vegas is Vegas would be fun if you had like a day layover, layover or so. Okay, like you could spend a night in yeah. a hotel. You know what I mean? Like, I do have to say, like the food is pretty top notch because now they have like fancy restaurants and stuff. Right. 
all those hotels so you can get amazing food um pretty decently reasonable not everywhere is as cheap as people think it's not everything's not a buffet that's like 10 bucks right um it's a little bit different they actually have like legit a legit food scene at this point now yeah yeah um, but it's cool yeah and they still have shows and stuff like i think i want to i want to do show vegas in a few years like there's always like i've done party vegas i might do one more party vegas but that's about it after that i want to do just like i want to go to cirque du soleil <laughs> like yeah, yeah. <laughs> see all these like cool shows and stuff that they have there um Okay, so yeah, the bank one is really kind of crazy. I do actually like when he first meets Sarah on the street and like almost hits her. Yeah, that's right. And then he's like, oh, and then she's like, yeah, watch it. And then it becomes like, you kind of see how they first connect and and she's like, they go, I love his room too, his mm-hmm. motel room. It's like their walls are red and there are cards on the back. Yeah. Like cards on the wall, like this weird like cutout thing, which is really cool. Um, I like that. And I like that she's just like, come on. And she's like trying to give him a blowjob. And she's like, come on, come on. Yeah. Like, what do you want? Like, how much? He's like, I'll give you $500. And she's like, all right, cool, whatever. And then she's like, what's wrong? Like, you can't come. Like, what's happening? Like, and it's like, if you're, do you have to be drunk? Like, and he's like, no, I don't want any of that. I just want you to sleep, like hold, like, I just want you to like be here. Yeah. I just don't want you to like leave. Like, I'm just lonely. And she's like, oh, okay. Like, you're still gonna give me the 500 bucks. <laughs> he's like yeah yeah and she's like okay and then i love like from that moment you just like see this bond Mm -hmm. that happens and it's so terribly sad because later on in the film like they get closer you know she's looking for him and she wants to know where he is like she has this horrible pimp he's like it's like a kind of like a you know like a horrible story of like sex work and prostitution and kind of like how it works you know pimp abuses her then the pimp like ends up getting shot by like some polish gangsters that he owes money to it's like the that that's like the b Mm storyline um but then like when she finally like i also love her place too let let me say it's really nice yeah it's really nice um, um i uh i i have some I have some problems with with the scene where the l- 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 lady knocks on door and says, "You know, you have to be out by the end of the week." And I was yeah, like, "Yeah, the end of the week." I don't week. think you can do that. Like, yeah, the end of the week. I was like, "Like, you, that's what's crazy." You're gonna evict someone be, because you don't like their behavior. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's unconstitutional. <laughs> so, yeah, I would think you know, especially without like warning. Yeah, I mean, as, as long as she's paying her rent, I don't understand what the problem is. And she doesn't even do her work at the host at the place. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's not like she's bringing lots of strangers there. Like that doesn't happen. I mean, granted, she has Ben, who like you know is kind of out of control, but not you know it's just it's one person and i love how she just kind of stands up for him and she like reconnects with ben again after she gets out from under with yuri yeah yeah. um and i then he like wakes up in like the middle of the night with like the shakes Mm -hmm. i mean it's like so bad and then i i one of the lines he says is like i hate to ask this but like how how was our night like he yeah. doesn't remember. Oh, that's I was right. Like, because, oh. Um, this was after he had that. Um, he um, like uh, had that horrible, Flip. like really violent outburst. Yeah, at the, at, at the casino. At the casino, and then I think at some point when she asked him to move in, she's like, "Move your shit in here. Don't live in that motel. Like this is super. You know, no, just come live with me." And he's like, and I love how he has this conversation where he's like, "Well." you know i will but like on these kind of stipulations that like you can't tell me to drink you can't tell me to stop drinking yeah yeah like i'm not going to so don't 
you can't come to me with that. Don't tell me about doctors. Don't tell me about anything. Like I told you, I'm not going to do that. So, and she's just like, that's fine. Like, I'm not going to stop you. So then like, I do love that. It's like from the beginning, she just take, they just like accept each other for who they are. Yeah. yeah. Like already. So it's like, this is a, it's not just like a physical relationship like not at all until like the l- end of last second yeah like the end of his life pretty much but it's like that's not what it's about it's like just these people like needing each other because they just have so much else going on mm-hmm. um, and i like how she explains this to her therapist like yeah. throughout you know she's like talking about her situation which is really which is really interesting um and i love the whole sequence where they go out to the desert yeah that was great yeah, and I think actually when he moves in with her, he does kind of warn her. She's like, oh, yeah, you're just a drunk. It's fine. He's like, no, you don't know. You haven't seen, like, every day. Yeah. Which, like, the violent outbursts, the, like, the you know, like, uh, vomiting. He's like, I vomit all the time. Yeah. Um, Like, just all these things that you don't know about living with a functioning alcoholic mm-hmm. that you don't just, you just don't realize. And he was, she was like, no, it's fine. I'll be fine. He's like, no, I'm just telling you, like. This I mean, not, he you know. did. He did try to 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 warn her. Yeah, so. I mean, he did. Yeah, he totally did. It's just he's just like there. Yeah, he's just like he's just there, and it's it's just company essentially. Um, I also, uh, yeah, the whole sequence where they're in the desert, I like. I think mm-hmm. it's just cool. It's like a weird sense of like fantasy, but like normalcy. Yeah. At the same time, I mean, as normal as you can be, like literally drinking, and you see that woman at the motel that she was like, "Get your stuff and like get out of here." Yeah. And like, I won't, you know, I won't tell anyone, like, you know, but you just never can come back. Like, get out of here. I was like, jeez. I was like, like, well, okay. Yeah. She's like, we'll pay for the table. Like, sorry. And she's like, no. And it's like, so we don't have to pay for the room, right? Yeah. <laughs> she, that's what she said. Yeah. Yeah. And wasn't that like, didn't she say like, get out the next morning? Or did she say get out like now? No, I thought she said get out the next morning. Yeah. Well, fuck. Yeah. I was like, all right. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. It's like, get out. I won't say anything. I'm like, because they tell- broke the table. I'm going to tell all my alcoholic friends about this place. I know. <laughs> that they cannot come here. God. So crazy. Um, I also love the the quote where they're like, I think she says like you got to eat something. Like maybe I'll give you give you some like chicken or some like food or something, and then maybe some rice. And then like later on, he he just says the and his quote is like, I think I'm ready for rice. Yeah, but I don't think you see him eat it. Like yeah, he just doesn't eat at all. Um, and then we have uh horrible. I wrote just like that horrible scene where she's gang raped. I mm-hmm. didn't think it could get any worse. And then that's when she like finds him in like the motel, yeah. like another motel. He's in another motel, like having I, the shakes. Oh, I did um like a scene that occurred um like after the after the rape, but before she finds him again, where um she gets escorted out of um that you know by that um by that bouncer and he, i think he like makes like a crack about her being a whore and he oh. just like calmly walks up and spits in his face yeah I yeah like, i was like yes 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 <laughs> bitch yes yes sex work is work yeah, yeah. <laughs> like how people say sex work is work yeah. it's like who wants to be out here doing this shit you know like it's work yeah it is work and then when they finally get get back together in that hotel room it's just like 
it's just uh, it's, it's such a beautifully acted scene but it's just like yeah. horrible it's just it's so horrible, so horrible. he's like literally on <clears throat> like the end yeah like he's literally at the end I, I wasn't sure if this film was actually going to end with him succumbing mm-hmm. to alcoholism but I think at one point that's when she says like you have to go to a doctor yeah like you can't well it's like no if he goes to a hospital or a doctor they're going to detox him yeah and it's going to be like awful i'm surprised that he's lasted this long yeah like quite honestly it's kind of nuts um and then i wrote like he's like i think she has like he has the shakes and she's like no i'll help you mm-hmm. and then that's when she like finally like gets on top of him and they have sex in a really like scary way yeah in like a final kind of way and then i wrote that like he wakes up kind of like after it like several hours later and the last words i heard him say were wow yeah and then he just like puts a and then at the end i like at the end you see her talking to her therapist talking about like i loved him Mm-hmm. Like we had such a you know great bond and it was short, but we accepted each other. And it's kind of really, you see that they're the only people that were looking for that their whole lives was just acceptance. Yeah. And like, they were like kind of just a kind of uh what do you call it? Like serendipitous way to meet. And they mm-hmm. really just were there for each other at that time. But it is really incredibly tragic. It is. And sad. It been a different way than like Requiem for a Dream. That was just like, holy fucking hell. Yeah. That's like actually worse because the people didn't die. Yeah. They literally cool. were like tortured and going to have to live through this torture like for the rest of their days. Well, so their I mean, lives would have been just I also crazy. feel like with Sarah, there is hope that she will get her mm-hmm. life back together at some point. I think so. so. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it sounded like because she was like at that therapist, it seemed that I think that she was that was something in her past mm-hmm. that she had been working through. And now she's on like a different path. That's why that's what I like to hope. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I hope is happening for her. Cause she's too pure for this world. Just leave Las Vegas, Sarah, get out, go get east. the fuck out. But before <laughs> you do uh, prosecute those motherfuckers, one yeah. of them was Michael Gorgon from party of five. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who played Julia's boyfriend on party of five. Uh, Wait, Nev Campbell's boyfriend. Is he the one who gets Julia pregnant? Mm-hmm. Uh, he is? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then also, he's also Heroin Bob in SLC Punk. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, And then I think it's like Jeremy Jordan or something was one of the other guys. I, I was looking at the credits and I was like, was something someone else someone that we knew? Like They looked they look like kind of familiar, but not really. But Michael Gorgon, I saw immediately. I was yeah. like, oh, it's the guy from Party of Five. Um. Oh yeah, we're we were doing pilots. We should do Party of Five too. Yeah, it's a good show. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a good show. I want to do the Dawson's Creek pilot. Yeah, Maybe we haven't done it because it's just like I could recite it right now, <laughs> but I won't. <laughs> I pass. will be watching Dawson's Creek. I just finished season two, so I'm, I'm like, you know, starting season three with Eve. You know, the character they had that for like half a season and then just dropped. Uh, Scott, <laughs> like shit gets blown up in season three. Like, it's, yeah, it's so it really cool. does. Like, <laughs> it really does. Shit, that's the perfect description. Of shit definitely gets blown up. It's like actually pretty psychotic. Like what happens in season three? I mean, Dawson crashes the boat. Like, I mean... oh, that's right. He almost kills Pacey trying to like fight for Joey's honor at the yeah. in the end with also with boats. There was that boat. <laughs> where like Pacey and Jen were like stuck out in this river or this like tornado hurricane. <laughs> yeah. They like almost died. It was like kind of nuts. Uh, yeah. It was, a lot happened. It was, yeah, yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. Season three was a lot. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, do you have any other uh, any other closing thoughts for leaving Las Vegas? I mean, I think it's a beautiful story in, in a beautiful movie. Um, I, just, I don't really ever want to watch it again, though. <laughs> like, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I, I do think that if you have not watched it, because I came to this from a first-time viewer's perspective, I do think that it's worth watching once. It's on Paramount or Showtime, mm-hmm. one of those at the time of recording, but it is um, available to rent yeah. um, pretty freely, so... So yeah, I mean, apologies for the first half literally sounding like a war zone slash fireworks. It seems to have died down right now, so that's yeah. perfect. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I told you throughout the episode what we're going to be doing next. So uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.